Father's Day. So how did it all begin? There's a lady by the name of Sonora Smart, who some believe was listening to a Mother's Day sermon back in 1909, and her thought went, they've got something to um, honor mothers, why don't they have something to honor fathers? She had a great affection for her father. He was a Civil War veteran, and um, he was placed in a difficult position. Because when Sonora was 16 years of age, her mother was giving birth to the sixth child in the family and died in childbirth. And so her father, William Jackson Smart, was a single parent, and he raised those six kids on his own. And so she says, men like that, they need to be honored. And so she began to try to see if, if they could could do some things similar to Mother's Day and, and uh, have Father's Day. And if you read the history, it just sort of was like a roller coaster. It got a little bit, a little bit down, a little bit up. And finally, in 1966, uh, President Lyndon Johnson uh, made a proclamation that uh, the um, uh, third Sunday of um, of June would be Father's Day. And in 1972, Richard Nixon uh, put it down that it would be permanently observed on that third Sunday, and it was set in stone. And so we have Father's Day. If you go back to 1909, Father's Day was set up so it would honor dads, so it would honor fathers. Man, make you feel good, and uh, thank you for all that you're doing and all that you've done. Father's Day. And that happens everywhere in the United States except in church, okay? Because when you get to church, a lot of times you get beat up on Father's Day, and, and, on, and the guys like wear flak jackets when they come to the service because they know they're going to get elbows from their wives. Because too often we preach a sermon to where we just hammer dads and you just get beat up and you say, you know, I would have really enjoyed Father's Day if I didn't have to go to church. Well, today we're not going to do that. Okay. We're not going to beat you up. We're going to beat your kids up. How's that sound? All right. Um, honoring fathers. You know, I can't think of a better section of scripture to look at when you think about honoring Father's Day is looking through the book of Proverbs. We started a service, uh, started a series a couple weeks ago to where you go through the book of Proverbs. And the way the book of Proverbs was set is set up, the environment in which it is set, there it is a father who is talking to his son. And he's talking to his son and he's explaining to him about life. And he's explaining to him about how to live life. And so Book of Proverbs is not telling a son, hey, just live and learn. It's telling a son, you need to learn and then live. And let's see what we can learn. Let's see the instructions that can be given to you. And so in the midst of the book of Proverbs, I think we can pull out some thoughts for how do we best honor our fathers. However, the way the message is going to be set up today is we're going to go a little bit of New Testament, a little bit of Old Testament. And we're going to start with the challenge to dads. And dads, it's going to be a good challenge. A challenge to dads. And then it's going to end with a choice for sons and daughters. So there will be a challenge to dads and there's going to be a choice. Every son and daughter, no matter what age you are, if you have a living father, you have a choice to make. So let's talk about um, the um, challenge to dads. I want you to look in your Bibles in 1 Thessalonians, in the New Testament, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. And in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, it is a letter that Paul is writing to a church in Thessalonica. And in the midst of this letter, he 
brings out a couple of verses that we can pull out and begin to think about what dads should do. And this is a challenge that you're going to have, Dad, and that is a challenge is to be a strategic dad as found here in 1 Thessalonians. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, it says this, For you know how, like a father with his children. So right there, Paul's getting ready to say, Myself and others, we were here with you for a while, and we acted like a father should to his child. We exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and we charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. It says what we did, we treated you just like a father should his children. So how should a father treat his children? He's got three words right here that we can build off of. And these are words that will help each one of us as dads to be a strategic dad. Now, there are different kinds of fathers. There's the absent father, the one that's not there for anything. There's the engaged father that's there for all the ball games and the dance recitals. But then the strategic dad is there for all the recitals and the ball games, but yet he's got a more focused purpose in mind for his child. And that's what I hope each one of us as dads can be today. The very first thing that we will see on being a strategic dad, your challenge, is clear instruction. Clear instruction. Understand in this verse of scripture that the uh, goal is that you would have a child that would walk in a manner worthy of God, would walk in a manner worthy of God. So in order to do that, you need to give clear instruction. He says in this passage of scripture, we exhorted you. When you exhort someone, it means you direct them down some suitable lines of conduct. You begin to help them see a pathway, give you some clear instructions. Stephen Covey wrote that book about the seven habits of highly effective people. And in that book, he mentions that one of the essential habits for successful people is that when you begin any enterprise, you need to have an end in mind. When you begin any enterprise, you need to have an end in mind. So whenever God blesses you with children, you become a dad, what is the end in mind? This is the end in mind that you should have. And that is, what essential information do I want my children to leave home with at the end? What essential information do I want them to leave at the end? So I've got maybe 18 years to pour into their life, and when they walk away from the house, what do I want them to have? And and, and for some, it's very difficult to be thinking about that day, but there will come that day when you shake that hand of the son or hug the neck of that daughter, and they get in the car, and they begin to drive off, and they go over the horizon, and they're on the way to college or a job or something. And what you've got to ask yourself is, what did I want to give them? John Kroll talks about this, and when he calls it about packing your children's suitcase. And he says, you're always packing your kid's suitcase, and, and time is fleeting, so you need to pack it good and be thinking about it, because one day they're going to leave, and the question is, what will they take? And you want them to take fun memories and great activities, but you want something of greater depth than that. And what a strategic dad does is he begins to ask these type of questions, For instance, a strategic dad with his son would ask a question about, what do I want my son to leave home with concerning information about manhood, about his role with a woman, about money, about social skills, and whether it's just life in general or with a woman in particular? Have I taught him how to work? 
how to be on time, how to clean up his room, how to get up by himself and take initiative in life. What does he know about God? Have I imported, imparted that into his life? What does he know about life in general? And on and on, these type of questions of saying, when my child leaves home, what have I put into them? What have I put into their suitcase? I want there to be clear instructions. Now, if there's going to be clear instructions, there's a word, dads, that, that we need to hold on to, and that word is availability. That means that you are available to your kids. You know, we have an eight to five job, but our real job takes place when we leave that eight to five job, and the real work takes place when we get home. That's my main job, and that is to be a dad. And when you get home, it's not a time just to kick back in the, in the recliner and watch ESPN and not interact with your kids. That is the time that you have that you can begin to pour into your children. It is the time that you can begin to teach them, talk to them about Scripture. That's when you go out and shoot hoops with them or you walk dogs with them or you wash a car with them or you just hang out with them. You spend that time with those kids. And as you spend those times with the kids, you are then pouring into your kids. You're giving them clear instructions. And that availability, as you know, is so important because if your child keeps coming to you with some need and you're never available, they'll not they'll really quit dialing your number and they'll start dialing other numbers along the way. And you really want to keep those lines of communication open. So it's availability, but it's clear instruction. It's clear instruction. To be a strategic dad, you want to give clear instruction. Second of all, there, wants, there needs to be consolation and comfort. And it's funny because a lot of times as dad, these are two words that we don't really look at. We're kind of more of the macho kind of guy. What do you mean consolation and comfort? In that verse of scripture, in 1 Thessalonians, it says, each one of you, we encouraged you. And that word encourage means consolation. That word means a comfort. We came around to you and we encouraged you by comforting you, by giving you consolation. And dads, a lot of times when our kids go through times of sadness, we think that's more mom's thing and we kind of push mom to the forefront. No, that's when dads can be incredible teachers. It's when your child comes home and they said they were the last one chosen at the playground. That's a painful time. When they're cutting remarks that they get from other students, it could be by in face or it could be uh, by an Instagram or by a tweet or something that came to them and they, and there's hurt. There's pain when they didn't make the band or they didn't make cheerleader, they didn't make the team, they didn't get the part in the play. Those are times of pain. When they're wanting a date for the homecoming dance or they didn't get invited to the prom. You know, those are not times for the dad to check out and say, Mom, you take care of it. That's when a dad gets to step in. And during those times of comfort and consolation are some great teaching times and some great bonding times. And the Apostle Paul was saying, listen, we did this to you as the people in Thessalonica as a father should to his children. We comforted you and we consoled you on there. But then the very last thing is a compelling character. If you're going to be a strategic dad, it is a compelling character. He said, uh, Paul says that not only did we exhort you and encourage you, but we charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God. We charged you. We urged you to walk in a manner worthy of God. The best way to train your children is to live out the scriptures you teach your children. In fact, dads, the best thing that you can do is to make that decision to receive Christ as Savior in your life. You know, there's some of you that are here and saying, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be the best dad that I can be. 
But you know, you're not going to be the best dad unless you're being a dad who knows his heavenly father. And to understand that we have all sinned and we've been separated. And there's this chasm that has separated us from God. And because we're separated from our heavenly father, it makes it very difficult for us to act like we should as earthly fathers. And to have the wisdom and the knowledge and things that we need with our children. And so God has made that provision of having his own son, Jesus Christ, to come and to die for our sins. And then through accepting that gift of salvation... When we do that, it says that we're adopted into God's family. We become a part of his family. And we've got our, our relationship right with our heavenly father. And then all of a sudden, he empowers us to be the type of earthly father that we can be. And it's a compelling character. And that is that once you've accepted Christ as your savior, then you want him to live in you. And you want there to be a character in your life so that your children see this. They look up to you. They want someone they can imitate. Someone they can learn through example. And what they'll do is they'll see your values in your daily living. It's not just what you tell them on Sundays. It's what they see 24-7. How you view wealth. How you view materialism. How you love your wife. How you treat her. How do you balance family, work, and church? What is your attitude towards the Word of God? What's your attitude towards the pastor and staff? What's your attitude towards church? What's your attitude towards prayer? All these things they pick up. How do you react and interact in certain situations? Your kids are like sponges and they're getting all of this. And to be a strategic dad, you want to have a compelling character because you would love to be able to have a uh, character that they would want to emulate. But you see, dads, you can't teach more character than you possess. So dads, you need to continue to grow in your own personal holiness. Now, there's a verse of scripture we're going to, going to talk about uh, in, in the coming weeks when we talk about wealth. But it's um, Proverbs 13.22 and it says that a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. And this does deal some with money. But most commentators will tell you that when it talks about an inheritance, it's not just financial. It's an inheritance of wisdom and knowledge and insight and understanding. This is a type of a legacy that you want to leave. And so as dads, that compelling character to leave that incredible legacy to your kids would be huge. So dads, that's our challenge. It's a challenge to be the man of God that God's called us to be. And then we step up and we do the things that we're supposed to do. And we clearly instruct our children, try to get them directed on the way. We're there during the tough times to console them and, 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 to, and to comfort them. And then we try to live with that compelling character. It's, it's not I'm walking with Christ, and it's not something that is a walk with Christ that our kids say, ugh, but our kids will look at it, and it's a compelling character. They see there's something different. They love the strength that you're showing. They love the way that, that when situations come in, how you handle it. So different than they've seen other people handle it. And when those type of things, it's a compelling character. It draws them to you to say, you know, I want to be like that. And then through you, they see the person of Christ and they say, I want to have that type of relationship. That's what we get to do as dads. Okay. So that, that's our challenge, challenge to every one of our dads. But then there's a choice for every son and daughter here. There's a choice and that's a choice of pain or honor. You'll either bring pain to your parents or you'll bring honor to your parents. As you read through the book of Proverbs, there are a lot of verses in there that talk about some of the pains. 
And I know even growing up as a, as a child that when I would do things that would be opposite from what my parents would want me to do or when I was disobedient, I never really thought much about them being hurt. Uh, you know, I just kind of thought, hey, I wasn't getting my way or I got my way. That was my main concern. But you know, when you read through Proverbs, you begin to stop and think, there's a choice that we make in all of our actions as children. And that will bring either pain or honor to our families. There's a verse, Proverbs 17, 21 says this. It says, to have a fool for a son brings grief. There is no joy for the father of a fool. There is no joy to the father of a fool. And what that means, you're talking about a fool, someone is going on a wayward way. They're going away from the things in which they've been raised, going away from the things that they have been taught, going away from the things that, that are right. And when they do that, does that affect dads at all? It brings grief. And it says there is no joy for the father of a fool. So whenever a child begins to go that way, and if you're heading in that direction, you think, oh, my dad, that doesn't bother him. He's got other stuff going on. There's no joy for the father of a fool. You say, well, how bad is it? Look at the next verse. Verse 22 says this. It says, a joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Every parent here, whenever their child has gone through wayward times, they understand what a crushed spirit feels like. They know what it is. There's a hurt and there's a pain and it just dries up the bones. It just sucks the life out of you. And it hurts. Every parent here, when you sit down at lunch, and if you have an open, honest conversation and you say, you know, there was a time dad or mom or uh, probably focus on dad today, cover mom for the next 300 something days, but you know, when I, when I was doing this, how, how'd you feel about that? I'm going to be shocked if your dad says, hey, it didn't bother me. I knew you'd be coming around sometime. Not at all. Oh, we look tough on the outside, but it just flattens us. It just nails you. And so we have choices as sons and daughters. The book of Proverbs talks about it. And it says, is it going to be pain or there's going to be honor. Look at this, Proverbs 20, 20. If one curses his father or his mother, his lamp will be put out in utter darkness. So what does that mean? Well, there's some that believe that is literal. He curses. If he's sitting there and he's cursing mom and dad. If you go a little deeper on that word, that word curses is a word that really means despises. He despises his father. It just means he doesn't give him any respect. He just thinks his dad's beneath him. And so I don't care what you say, dad, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do the right thing. I'm going my own path over here. And it says when that happens, his lamp will be put out in utter darkness. And, and some believe that, that that means that that lamp out utter darkness is like the dark of night. Remember reading some books at times, and especially some older books or some old TV shows. It's just, and it was the dark of night. And whenever you heard them go, it's the dark of night, you say, this is kind of scary. Some of you got goosebumps right now. Don't you? You're a little scared in, in your pew. Well, that's what it's talking about. And what it's talking about is that when you are disrespectful to your, to your father, and, and when you just despise him and have no respect for him, you are setting yourself up for failure. 
you're setting yourself up. You're walking down a dangerous path. And it says, you got no light and you're in utter darkness. And so when we show that disrespect, it means that there are going to be some consequences that are going to happen along the way. It's just a warning, okay? But if you don't like that warning, wait till you see this warning. This is a great verse. You're going to love this. This is going to be your memory verse. Are you ready? Proverbs 30, 17. The eye that mocks a father and scorns to obey a mother will be picked out by the ravens of the valley and eaten by the vultures. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, dads, you want to sit down with your kids and say, we're going to have a memory verse today. The eye that mocks a father and scorns a bear mother will be picked out by the ravens of the valley and eaten by the vultures. Now, this is, I'm just gonna, this is, this is free stuff here, guys. You're going to love this. Um, what I want you to do, sit down with your children, share them that verse, and then rent the Alfred Hitchcock movie, The Birds. And I want you to watch that together as a family, okay? And then the next time your child is being testy with you and you're getting ready to walk out the door, just say, hey, you might want to watch out for the birds. That's all you got to say. I watched that movie, and you know, I handle scary movies okay. That movie has messed me up for life. If I see more than four birds flying together at one time, I start taking, I start looking for cover. It it freaks me out. So when I read this verse, this is all I kept thinking of. They're going to pick your eye out over here, you know? And it's going to pick out, and then the vultures are going to come and and eat you up. You say, well, what does this mean? It means what it says. Vultures are going to get you. What it means is, is that when you disrespect your father, and you mock him, scorn your mother, all these things, when you disrespect him, you are heading down a dangerous path that's leading to destruction. It's going to lead to destruction. And, and you're sitting here listening to Proverbs. These are wise sages, wise men that are sharing wisdom. And they're telling you, listen, I'm giving you a guide to life. I'm helping you to get on a pathway to life. And I'm telling you, when you disrespect your family like that, it's going to lead you to danger. And it's going to lead to consequences that are not going to be good. That are not going to be good at all. And so you got a choice. You can choose pain and disrespect, or you can choose honor. And let me talk to you for just a moment about honor. To honor your dad. So how do you honor your dad? Right out of here in Proverbs. Number one, every child needs to know this. Number one, listen to your father's instructions. Listen to your father's instructions. Two great passages, Proverbs 1.8. Proverbs 1.8 says, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. Listen, this is the very beginning of the book of Proverbs. He's laying it out. Son, listen to your father's instruction. Then he comes back to chapter 4, verse 1. And in chapter 4, verse 1, it comes back and says, Listen, my sons, to your father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. See, listen to your instruction. Pay attention. Gain understanding. I cannot tell you how important this is for children to show honor to your parents. Now listen, no parent is perfect, but they deserve honor and attention. Parents have been placed by God in a position of authority. You don't have to sit there and say, well, you've got to earn my respect. No, no, they're there. You are to respect them. God's get them, given them this position of authority. You need to listen and learn from your dad. 
Because what your dad is going to do is provide a perspective from experience that is invaluable. And quite frankly, he knows more than you do. He really does. I know at times you don't think he does. He really does. And so what happens is when we hit the teen years, our temptation is not so much to rebel as it is to dismiss our parents. And we start to think that they don't know much, they're naive, they're out of touch, they're still sitting there trying to learn to program a VCR. You know, I mean, they just don't know, they don't know what's going on with the real world. But what you need to remember is they have a great deal of experience and they've been down the road and they've learned some great lessons. And that experience is invaluable. Let's just say that you're going to take a fall foliage trip when the fall came and you're going to drive from Birmingham to Boston. And your parents left a day early before you did. And all of a sudden they get to Baltimore and they call you and they, and then when they call you, they say, Hey, we just want to let you know that there's construction in Charlotte and there's a detour. You need to be sure and take that detour will save you a lot of time. And Hey, I've got a name of a great restaurant that we went to. Food's great. The prices are reasonable. It'd be a great spot for you to stop at. Oh, and one more thing, the so-and-so motel right there along the way. Don't stay there. It's a pit. It's nasty. How do we know? We made a mistake. We stayed there. Don't stay there. Okay? Would that be helpful to you? Yeah. And why is it that they could tell you that? It's because they've already traveled that road. And then we would be plain fools to be traveling that same road and say, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to pay any attention to you on there. Listen to their instruction. Dads have got a lot of experience. And because of that experience, you need to listen to them. And there's a lot of wisdom that can come from them because they have already been down that road. Listen to their instruction. And a part of that listening is, is put your head up, focus your eyes, do eye to eye, and listen attentively. You will honor your dad so much to know that you paid attention and listened to instruction. That's good. Number two is this. Act wisely and live righteously. Act wisely, live righteously. You say, what is it? Hey, you want to, you want to honor your dad? You really want to honor your dad? Act wisely, live righteously. Proverbs 23, 22 through 25. Now just see what, the, what, the, what they're telling him. Listen to your father who gave you life and do not despise. And always laughing and say, listen to your father who gave you life and can take you out if he wants to. All right. And do not despise your mother when she is old. Buy truth. Look at that. Buy truth and do not sell it. By wisdom, instruction, and understanding. Leave it right there. Leave it right there. Roll back. All right. When you buy something, don't sell it. What it means is, is that when you hear these words of instruction, when you hear these words of wisdom, hold on to them. Don't just dismiss them. Once you get them, hold on to them. See, buy truth. Don't sell it. Buy wisdom, instruction, understanding. All of these things, you hold on to them. All right. Keep on going. Then it says, then the father of the righteous will greatly, what does that word say? What does that word say? Rejoice. And he who fathers a wise son will be, will be, will be glad. On Father's Day, do you want your dad happy or sad? Glad and happy. All right. Be glad in him. Let your father and and mother be glad. And let her who bore you rejoice. How do you make your dad happy? What do you do? How do you honor him on Father's Day? 
It says, when you act wisely, live righteously, you make him glad. I love that word glad. You know what it means? It means to brighten up. It means to rejoice. I sure wish dad would brighten up. Well, why don't you act wisely and live righteously? He will brighten up, I promise you on that. What a Father's Day gift. Wise and righteous living. Wise son, glad father. Wise daughter, glad father. When our children act wisely with understanding and insight and they practice righteousness, it brings great joy to us as dads. If you want to honor your dad, listen to instruction, act wisely, live righteously, and you got it. Dan, are you telling me that I need to do everything my dad tells me? No. Now listen closely when I say that. When you get older and you ask for advice from your parents, then you take that in. But as you get older, you may make some decisions that may be different than maybe what they would want. But it's not immoral or wrong or whatever. Some parents may say, hey, we'd really like to go to this school. And you may think you feel like you need to go to to this school over here. Or talking about job, y'all may talk, each of you talk about it, and maybe your dad thinks this may be best, and you've prayed, and you've thought about it, and you say, Dad, I understand that, but I don't know, I just feel this is the opportunity I need to go with. You've got that freedom to do that. But on, for the most part, you listen to instruction, and then you act wisely, and you live righteously. And when you're doing that, man, you're honoring your dad. Number three is this, thank your dad, genuine and specific. I say genuine, okay? It's on, it's Father's Day. Hey, thanks, Dad. You've been a great dad. I mean, I'm talking about a genuine thanks and be specific. You ever thought about that? You ever thought about when you thanked your dad, you were specific as to what you were thankful for? Because so many times you'll people say, hey, thank you, did a great job. How, how, specifically, what did I do? I, I, I don't know. I was just thanking you, you know? You want to say thank you and give something specific. Be something specific. You know, my dad passed away 12 years ago. And um, uh, after he had passed away, about a year or so later, I did a power lunch talk. And it was uh, lessons learned from my father. And I listed these, these 10 things that I learned from my dad. And it was a good talk. It was fun. It was neat. And it was great for me to think back to all these things that really my dad had taught me. And I really hadn't thought much about it. But I'll tell you what the sad part is, is that out of the majority of that list, there are probably only a couple of them that I ever really thanked him for. And it, wasn't, it really was never face-to-face. It was like in a Father's Day card where I would write maybe one or two of those things. But there was a long list of things that my dad did for me and poured into me I didn't really stop and think about. And it's one of those things where if I had to do it over, I would have loved to review that list with him and just to sit down with him and say, hey, thank you, Dad. I appreciate that. Be specific. It'll mean a lot to you on that. I got a uh, Father's Day card from my daughter. She's 23, and uh, she's gone through some struggles. And sent me a card, and it says, Daddy, I can always count on you. And there's some good stuff in there, but she wrote here on the left. And just a portion of this, she says, Thank you for not giving up on me. I'm getting better each day because you taught me never to quit and always persevere with the help of God. That's good stuff. Listen to instruction. And then thank him. 
If I can just say an extra word for parents here, for young people or any age children, thank you dads, be specific. But for parents, best thing I ever heard was Joe White, the founder of Canacuck Camps. When he was asked what's the key to parenting, he says one word, relentlessness. Relentlessness. You're a parent 24-7 all the time. You just stay after it, okay? Stay after it with your kids. And let me tell you the very last thing. Number four, to honor your dad is this. Imitate your dad's integrity. Imitate your dad's integrity. That would be, if your dad is a Christian and he's walking with the Lord, imitate his walk. Now, your style and stuff will be different, but just the qualities of his walk with the Lord would be incredible. What an honor to where he, as a dad, walked with Christ and then to see a son or a daughter to take that same walk. And it's not the dad's walk, it's now their walk, and it's personal. Um, Proverbs 20, verse 7 is a verse I love. It says, a righteous man who walks in his integrity, how blessed are his children after him. There is one translation that says, how blessed are his children who follow his example. How blessed are his children who follow his example. Wow. Honor your father. This is a great day to do that. And so for all of us, for all of you who've got dads that are living, you want to honor them on this day. Take some of the things that we've talked about and honor them. For children, teenagers, young adults, you still got family that parents and dads that you're still having a lot of conversation with. These are things that we need to do, not just one day out of the year, but it'd be nice about 365 days to listen to instruction, to act wisely, to live righteously, to thank them specifically for things that have done. And then when you see them doing things in their Christian walk, then say, you know what? I want to do that same thing. I want to have that same kind of walk with my Lord. And when we do that, then we honor dads. But you know what? When we do that right walk with the Lord, then we bring honor and glory to God. And that's what the Apostle Paul was saying. Walk in a manner worthy of God. May that be our ultimate goal. And I will guarantee you that if you walk worthy of God, you will bring honor to your family and honor to your dad. Focus on God first. Walk worthy with him. And that honor will come also to your dad. Let me lead us in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father. We thank you for this day, and we thank you for all the men here that have the honor and the privilege of being dads. And Lord, because of that, uh, this is a day that we set aside, set aside to be able to recognize them. And we pray that as we focus on earthly fathers, that we also put our focus on our heavenly father. And we thank you, Lord, for all that you provided for us through your son, Jesus Christ, and for his life, his death, and his resurrection so that we can have a right relationship with you. And Father, in order for us to have a right relationship with earthly fathers, we know we must be first have that right relationship with our Heavenly Father. And may we strive to do that. And may we spend the remainder of this day not only seeking after your will, but at the same time bringing honor to our dads and appreciation for all that they've done. For it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.